What's up, WizKids, and welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. Jamoke Davis here with Zach Rosen and Chris Gehring, and joining us now from The Athletic, newly DC, newly to DC, <laughs> as you correct me, The Athletic DC, Fred Katz joining us here. Welcome to the show. What's up, guys? How you feel? I'm great. I'm we great. Are- I'm, I'm in such a good mood that I get to join you guys here. It's a great pod. We enjoy talking Washington Wizards. It's your first year covering the team for the Athletic. How has it been for you getting adjusted to this new team? And, and tell all of our Wiz kids a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I spent the last couple of years covering uh, the Thunder in Oklahoma City for a local newspaper in Oklahoma. I ended up going to Boston for a very short amount of time to take a job covering the Celtics and then ended up coming here because DC was just so enticing that I had to do it. Uh, and it's been great. It's been awesome. Uh, as you guys know, there's been no shortage of drama or any sort of storylines. So there's stuff to write about and there are things to do and things to analyze and I'm good. You uh, are part of the inaugural uh, athletic DC here. You, David Aldridge, Chick Hernandez kind of had the wizards coverage side of things What's it been like kind of trans- transitioning from where you were with a local newspaper, then you were kind of more in an online site, and now it is fully online, subscription-based. Does that present challenges, and, and what have you loved about it so far? Yeah, it's been uh, it's definitely been different because in a newspaper, you're writing every single day, and you're writing multiple items every single day, and it's a different kind of stress. So like in a newspaper, you're stressed out because at any given moment, you could have to leave lunch with your mother on her birthday because news breaks and you have to run out. Are you saying that's happened? Before? This happened. That seems literally specific. happened. Yeah, it seems specific. <laughs> that exact thing happened. And you have to run out and you have to write, mm-hmm. and then your mom gets all upset with you. <laughs> But with The Athletic, it's a different kind of stress because if, if for people who aren't familiar, it's a subscription site and we have, you know, 40-something affiliates in a bunch of different cities. And this is a really good plug by me, by the way. Very yeah. organic. Yeah, really good. Uh, you know, you can sign up for $5. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right now. And you get all the affiliates. And, and But what we're trying to do, it's more of like a magazine journalism. So we want to provide people with thought-out stories and features and good storytelling and uh, not necessarily updates. You know, if somebody misses a practice or even misses a game, you're not going to go there and find a story on, you know, Dwight Howard, here's where he is with his piriformis injury. It's just not going to be there. What you're going to find is, like, here's Dwight Howard opening up about the struggles he's had with the injury. And Mm -hmm. so we take a a different kind of of angle on that kind of stuff. And so the, the stress has more just been, like, everything you do has to be really good, which for me is a huge problem. And so everything that you do has to be really good, and yeah. and the stress comes. Especially from your like, puns on Twitter. Oh, well, those <laughs> those are amazing. Always oh, top notch. Those are A grade. It's good as odd and even. Oh, when God. I used to do odd and odds even. and evens by Jamoke Davis. Well, oh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, uh, yeah, we we'll can ma- brief you on yeah. that. <laughs> What's it like working for DA? I mean, we've seen him around DC for a while, and obviously he's been on TV a lot. But I think people kind of either needed to be refreshed on or or learned that he writes a ton and always has yeah Yeah, i mean it's amazing he's like it was one of the main reasons if not the number one reason why i came is because i knew david was going to be taking over and i was like how do you pass that up like Mm -hmm. david called Mm -hmm. me to talk and i was like david aldridge is calling me (laughs) the same man who's in the basketball hall of fame in the journalism wing trying to get me to work for him like are you kidding me like i i I felt like i like couldn't talk too much because i didn't want to blow it it's like I can't, I can't let him know that I'm, I, that I'm not, that this is, you know, I just, I can't ruin this. So yeah. I, I, it was, it's been great. It's awesome. Like 
every single thing that I could go through that I don't necessarily know about because I've been doing this for a few years, but he's been doing it for decades. Like if I need advice, if I need to, you know, to talk about a situation, if I need someone to look over, you know, and just tear apart a piece that I'm doing, like he can do all of that at such an unbelievably high level. And it's, it's just, it's amazing. The thing that I always felt like seeing you around was a benefit is your fresh eyes. You haven't been around this team before, mm-hmm. the history, what's going on. You literally are coming into this season and learning about the players and seeing how the team chemistry is, all of that stuff for the first time. Is that something that excited you about it? And maybe tell us what have you seen about the chemistry from your other NBA experiences that tells you a little bit more about how this team is coming together as they have a three-game winning streak and turning it around. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the hardest parts of changing a beat is that, like, you know, my work when I was covering the Thunder, let's say in the 20, you know, in the end of 2018, I left there uh, end of May. Mm -hmm. So let's say my work in, like, April when they're going to the playoffs is so much better. Because when you're just around, and you guys know this, when you're just around a team every single day, uh, you just... You just pile up these anecdotes and you may not even put them in a notepad. You don't write them. You don't even think that they're anything. You don't think anything of them. And then you come to do a story on the dude who's like the eighth guy off the bench. And you're like, oh, I remember he did this thing. That's a great anecdote. And when you're covering a team for a certain number of years and you're with them every day and you're at every practice and you're on the road with them and all these things, these stories just pile up. They Mm -hmm. might seem like nothing, but for whatever reason, the revealing of maybe something that person is going through or just revealing, you know, if someone's funny, you never want to write, this guy's funny, everyone thinks they're funny. You want to tell a funny story. It's, yeah. you know, writing 101, yeah. you want to you want to show, you don't want to tell. Mm-hmm. And so you think, oh, yeah, I got, if someone's actually funny, you probably, if you're around them for two years, have funny stories about them. Oh, Steven Adams is, is a really funny guy. Let's go pit. Yeah, let's go, there you go. Let's let's go tell let's go tell some Steven Adams funny stories. And so, so you just, you rile those up and I come in here and I follow the NBA incredibly closely and I've been covering the NBA for a number of years, but I haven't been with the Wizards on a daily basis when like other beat writers like Candace and Chase and Ben, like those guys have been around for a while. And so I think the immediate disadvantage that you have to overcome is like now I have to build up all these anecdotes that I see or witness or whatever it is mm-hmm. that these guys who I'm competing with who are all already really good at their jobs on top of it. They already have those. And I yeah. think that's kind of the thing of being the, the new guy that that's so different because it's just uncontrollable. Yeah. Like the only thing that gets it better is just time. And it's frustrating going from knowing so much about the people in an organization to knowing comparatively nothing. So what have you learned about this organization? Um, We'll go more so on the, uh, you know, what you've written about in already this season and some of the things you've noticed, you know, during the winning especially. What have I learned about the organization? Are we talking the players? Are we talking, like, on-the-court stuff? Everything. Everything. My goodness. Besides the Verizon dunk of the night. (laughs) (laughs) I've learned that the social media team will put out the Verizon dunk of the night. No matter what. No matter the score of the game, no matter the situation – no matter if the Wizards are diving to two and nine and Jan Mahimi has like a two handed just like drop in and they're down 30, they're <laughs> going to send out that Verizon dunk of the night. I don't know because, who you're talking about. Because, <laughs> because gosh darn it, they are going to be loyal to their sponsors and their contracts. That's right. That's the number one thing that I've learned. Um, I would say that's a good question. What have I learned about the team so far? Um, 
I would say it's just it's it's interesting looking through and seeing how differently um, different organizations operate. Like the Thunder, and and you know that intellectually, but just seeing it up close um, as a beat writer, seeing like how the Thunder operate the way they handle media, um, they're way 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 more restrictive than they are here with media, where you kind of go around and you want to talk to a guy for the most part. You go talk to a guy. Mm-hmm. You're good. The Thunder, it's you're going to have a PR person hovering there. You're probably only going to get that person in a scrum. Um, you're more free to talk to people in the organization. Um, so I would say that that's something that, um, you know, I think I knew intellectually coming in because the Thunder have a reputation for being very restrictive. Um, but to see it up close and see how it operates and, and learn how to cover a beat in a different way than I was doing before. Because a lot of when you're covering the Thunder is learning how to cut corners, how to get around. All right, Russell Westbrook isn't going to talk to you for this feature. You want to write on Russell Westbrook. So how are you going to make it good? Are you, how are you going to develop relationships with other people who are going to tell you these great stories that you can tell about him? Because he's such a, such a um, you know, at this point, famous guy and well-known guy and obviously unbelievable player that his story deserves to be told as one of the best players of his generation. And here, I think the journalistic practice is a little different. So I think I'm learning more about that. What do you think about, we just got done talking to coach Brooks about how now that Dwight Howard has a few games under his belt and he's, you know, getting closer to, to his full health for this season, how that's kind of changed the way the Wizards have been able to play. Granted, the competition has definitely decreased a little bit over this past week. It was a tough start for the Wizards. From, from a schedule standpoint, what have you? What do you think that the Wizards are learning about how, you know, how they need to play to be successful now with kind of the whole group in now and kind of getting these new players finally, not just not just in the rotation, but being comfortable playing with maybe John, Brad, guys who have been here before. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they have some some ways to go. Like yep. you watch their offensive cohesion, and I don't really think it's there. There's a good amount of my turn, your turn, and that kind of stuff. I think it's very clear that Scott is still looking for the lineups that he likes and doesn't like, and we've seen that even during this winning streak. Like he gets to the fourth quarter, and you know I've asked Scott a few times about Otto Porter not playing in. Uh, I guess now technically the last four games he didn't play in the fourth but the last game was obviously because of a blowout Mm -hmm. and i don't really think of it as like a benching i i really think it's just more circumstance of scott has talked so much about cohesion and he's talked so much about finding lineups and guys that are going to work well together play well together communicate play with energy all that kind of stuff and other guys have talked about that too that when he got something going in a fourth quarter and he got five guys going who were doing that well he was just like I'm sticking with it. And I, I think that's kind of more of what it is. And so I think Scott is still kind of trying to figure out his feel for the roster also. Mm-hmm. And I think some guys are coming around. I think Austin Rivers is definitely starting to play better. Jeff Green's been really good. Mm-hmm. Jeff Green's been really good. And he's he's been better defensively the last few games as well. And those lineups with Wall and Beal and no conventional center have been really good in the small amount of minutes that Brooks has played them. Uh, but I think... I think they're still pretty far from finding out like their their team identity if they're going to become a successful group together. The most successful story that I feel like you've done that really put you on the map here is the Handy Woman. I feel like you finding that story about one of our MVPs here. Can you tell us how you came upon Sashia 
and feeling that that was a story to be told. Yeah. So for for those who don't know, I did a story on Sashia Jones, who is the uh, vice president of community relations at the Wizards. And uh, yeah, so it started when at The Athletic, we we do these things called we call them blitzes. And it's almost like our equivalent of sweeps week where we'll get our beat writers together for a specific sport. So, you know, like we have a Slack channel with all of our NBA beat writers and, uh, you know, the editors will say like, all right, we're going to do a blitz. What's a good category for it? What's a good subject? And uh, this time we all kind of as a group came up with let's do heartbeat, kind of like untold stories about people in the organization who aren't like John Wall or Bradley Beal, but important people in the organization. And I was new here. So for the most part, I mean, I've been covering the team for two months now, but when I started working on that story, it had been a few weeks probably. And so I think at that point, you just kind of have to go to, and, and I was fortunate enough to when I came here, I, I knew a good amount of people at the Wizards organization already just from like covering the NBA. And I just kind of went to everyone in the organization. I was like, who are people to do? And I there were people who I thought about, like some of the equipment managers I thought would be great. And, and there were there were people who, who said, like, I told people the premise of it, who's good, and Sashi just kept coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, and I just kept hearing, I was like, why? Why, why is everyone bringing her up? And I said, well, she did this, and, and this happened, and this happened, and here's it. And you just, you don't, it's very rare that you just, you're not going to hear somebody say something bad about somebody in that context. It's not like someone's going to say, you should write it on this. <laughs> right. Also, they're a terrible person. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're not going to hear that. But I think it's very rare that people talk about Sashia the way that um, people tend to talk about her. Like, there's this, there's this, like, elation and unbelievable positivity where people go out of their way. So, like, I interviewed Karan Butler for that story. Yeah. And I got in touch with Karan through... Uh, Darren Jenkins. You might know him. For the Wizards. You might know him. And who who has a relationship with Karan. Obviously, Karan played for the Wizards for five years. And Darren had told me that he and Sash had a good relationship. Uh, And and Karan had my number. And you guys know. You guys very much know. It can be tough to track down NBA players. Uh, It can be. Just a little bit. Yeah. It can be tough to get NBA players to call you back. People don't realize how much of reporting is just waiting for people to call you back. <laughs> yeah. Like just 90, waiting in general. Just it's waiting yeah. in general. <laughs> what, what are you doing? I'm just waiting in the media room. <laughs> yeah. Why'd work take so long? Because they didn't open up the locker room for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're just waiting all the time. And pretty immediately after I speak to Darren, I get a call from Karan Butler, like right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And, and the first thing he said was like, I heard you're doing a story on Sash. How can I help? Like, what can I do here? And right off the bat, he goes, I just love her. I love her so much. And I was like, man, like, she is just getting, like, even, like, the whole story, the premise of the story was that she can get players to do anything. And so now she's, like, she's not even asking Karan Butler to call me. But the power, (laughs) like, this superpower is still translating to this moment. Yeah, yeah. Karan's like, oh. And and I don't know Karan Butler personally beyond this moment, so – Maybe Crown Butler is just like he's a cool dude. He's great. I've he's heard awesome. great things yeah. about him. He seems awesome from stuff I've read about him, and I've read portions of his book and all that. Yeah, and he seems awesome. Mm-hmm. But like, I wouldn't if someone if if I heard like some random person is doing a story on this, I'd be like, yeah, hey, yeah, I'll call, I'll call later. And Karam was like, calling right now. <laughs> yeah, and like I think that's just like the power. People were just so excited. 
about mm-hmm. it. Um, it was a fun story to put together because it was very different from the stories yeah. I normally get to yeah. tell, and uh, it was a little bit of a different kind of challenge. So I, I enjoyed putting together that one. And I know that she's a shy person, and I talked to her about it, and she just said it was hard for me to, to finally say, okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> she felt bad right. that she was blowing you off a little bit, but she <laughs> what, it wasn't you. It was just her feeling comfortable doing it. It's just not who she is, but I'm glad that she opened up about it. It's a great story and very true. I think we all agree and work with her very closely and she saves yep. us all the time. So yeah, yeah she was, Absolutely. she was great for it. You know, everybody says she's really shy. I didn't find she was so shy when I, when I spoke to her. I mean, it's more, it's, it's not just that she's shy. She's not a spotlight person. Mm-hmm. She likes being behind the spotlight. So the fact that you were like, Hey, I'm <laughs> taking this big giant spotlight and it's going right on her. I think it definitely yeah. was like, Oh, do I really want this? But she deserved it. And I'm glad yeah. that you really did that for her. And yeah, she was, she was great in the interview. Like she was, she was really easy. Yeah. And I, I get that. She's like, but part of not wanting the spotlight, like if she wanted the spotlight, ironically she wouldn't have deserved the story right right Mm -hmm. right. like then it wouldn't have been worth it like who becomes vp of community relations because like i i want that yeah it's all been a long con for 25 (laughs) years she's like in 23 years there's going to be this startup (laughs) (laughs) and they're going to finally shine it on but yeah on a lighter note we talk often about uh being on the road and uh specifically media room dining so Recently, you told me that the Wizards have a top 10 media yeah. room Ooh, food. top 10. So top we 10. need to hear the top 10. Yeah, that's good. News. Top 10. Okay. So the Wizards actually do fish and do fish okay, which puts them in like a different tier from the bad ones. Wow. Okay. So like if we're talking bottom, I'm going to throw some teams under the bus. Oh, boy. Oh, we're God. talking okay. bottom. Knicks for sure. Awful. What? An oh, MSG? Yeah. They, so bad. When yeah. the, the worst thing is that they cater food sometimes and it's just old you know and gross i've yeah. never eaten in a media room oh you're right you're right because yeah. it's terrible okay. yeah. because no one's yeah. ever been like you gotta try this lasagna which actually looks like <laughs> it came out of somebody <laughs> like it's it is it is awful like nicks are nicks are awful new orleans is really awful which is sad well Here's the thing. I've never had a problem with New Orleans being awful because I do this thing where I go to a late lunch and have like six courses at 3 p.m. Yeah, in New Orleans yeah. because it's New Orleans. I can't not do There's that so in New Orleans. so much good food in that city. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's unbelievable. I spend a really disgusting amount of money and just treat my body horribly <laughs> when I'm there. I, I come away and like I take five weeks off. <laughs> we're two, weeks, we're two weeks away from that, so yeah, hope you're dieting. Three weeks. I'm right up to Thanksgiving. The yeah. entire yeah. month of December, there will not be one wizard story <laughs> on the athletic. It's just, I'm going to be in hibernation. Um, but yeah, New Orleans media dining, real bad. Miami is really bad. Yeah. Miami is real bad. Uh, good ones. So, so the interesting one, Utah is basically the, the, the Rajon Rondo of what? media dining. Utah. <laughs> Their playoff dining is amazing. <laughs> Their playoff dining is incredible. The Joe Flacco. The yeah, Eli so Manning. Yeah. So during during the regular season, they're like, I'll call them, I haven't actually done out of the rankings, but I'll, I'll call them like top 12. You think about okay. it enough that I feel like yeah. you're able to do So they're this. good. They're, they're definitely top half of the league during the regular season. Mm-hmm. But you go there during the playoffs. <laughs> oh, okay. They got, they got a carving station. They got a fish. They got a pasta. Yeah, uh, they they always got an extra an extra meat there. Usually like a good kitchen, a, a good chicken. Yeah, they got uh, they've got a full ice cream bar. 
and a full dessert bar with like six different desserts. Oh, that oh man, I would which also has like cookies and brownies too. That's me. Uh, they've got they've got an extra ice cream station with like with like ice cream bars like Klondikes and you know what's disappointing? Kind of unless it's NBA Finals, I'll never be able to experience yeah, this, true. this food unless you yeah. work for him. playoff playoff yeah. jazz. Oh, Just man. go yeah. for fun. Dang. We're all we're all waiting on that Wizards <laughs> yeah. Jazz. Final, yes, yes, so. Yeah. so is the NBA. That's playoff, right. Playoff Jazz are, is an amazing mode. That the Jazz are, are the confounding uh, media dining giants. Like you can get like the Jazz are almost what like Jeff Green's career has been. Like you can get you can get that unbelievable performance out yeah. of them for sure. Uh, Brooklyn's really good. Boston's okay. Boston's okay. really Boston's good. Boston is yeah. good. Boston's Detroit, really I think, good. is the best. Detroit's the best. What? Yeah. Detroit's the best. New Detroit. Sure. The, the Little New Caesars Detroit? Arena. Oh, they okay. have they have Little Caesars salad Peter's bar. Pizza. They have Little Caesars pizza. Oh, they have man. ice cream. They have other desserts. They have like a usual like hot bar, you know, with with food like multiple hot bars. I mean, it's just everything you could want. Chicken tenders, like. Yeah, nice. good, Jamoke good, sal- good salad bar, yeah. but they also yeah. have like you're leaving out like the real oh, food salivated. options. Those right, are no, like, that's those are, like the kids' bar. menu yeah. options, which they have every night. Which but, is like, that's what, my menu. Yeah, exactly. That's my menu. Okay, but like there's like you know there you've got like your real food options and full salad bar, and it's it's very good. Yeah, Toronto has the it's pizza and and beer for the media after, which is nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. not that many. Toronto does beer. Not that yeah. many teams do beer. Utah does beer, which is surprising. You wouldn't think yeah. Utah yeah. did beer. Uh, Portland. Portland does Portland. beer. Portland does. Portland has a beer on tap. Yeah. yeah. That was amazing. Here's some major inside info. Oh. Like We're getting real inside Scoop baseball alert. on this. Um, I might be the first person to report this. I don't know if I'm supposed to Breaking report news. this, but I don't care. So Portland has like a beer on tap that they give to media after. Yeah. And I don't mm-hmm. really drink beer, but I'll drink beer in Portland because I'm like, they're giving beer on tap to the media? Yeah. yeah I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the beer that they had, not anymore. They changed beers. But a few years ago, the beer that they had was called Off the Record because it was, brewed, it was brewed for media dining. Just, oh, which wow. Is, wow. Which is A, a great name, yeah. and B, the most Portland thing I've That's ever That's very heard. on yeah. brand for Portland. Yeah. Yeah. Just Have for a craft media dining, they had their own craft beer. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah, great. I, I feel bad. Last great time info. I was in Portland. So Portland this gets season, I just skipped on the beer. Mm-hmm. I did eat the popcorn, though. Yeah. I did eat the popcorn. Okay. You're new to D.C., what are you exploring about the city? Have you been able to get out? I know you're working and that's, you know, keeps you busy, but how are you getting a chance to just see the city? And it may be something that you have on your bucket list that you want to see when maybe the off season starts. There are a lot of things on the DC bucket list right now. Um, I'm a huge, like, I love history. Mm-hmm. I, I, I only really read nonfiction. Um, I love to read, but I only oh, wow, really read okay. nonfiction. And so I'll read, I'll read history and I'll read sports. And those are like the two types of books that I like to read. Yeah. Um, and so I want to like hit up all the Smithsonian's and because I moved here right as the season started. And when the season starts, I'm just yeah. so busy mm-hmm. and traveling and all that. I haven't really had a chance to see most. I've seen air and space and, uh, and I went to the museum. Oh, you did. Okay. Which I thought was spectacular. I love amazing. the museum. Yeah. It's what? the best. It one. takes a whole day. You do have to pay, but it is the best one. Yeah, it is 100%. And awesome. we're biased, obviously, but no, it's yeah. awesome. Good. Like, yeah. it's so cool. There's so much awesome journalism history in there and so many interesting exhibits. It was, yep. it was, I was, I knew going into it, it was the one I would have to pay for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like fine with. I think DC, yeah. I think DC people are spoiled. We are. Oh, for sure. In, that, in like, any other hey, city, you have to pay for museums. When I moved to another city, I walked right. in there like, well, you have to pay for your museum. I'm like, what? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ridiculous. In any other city, you have to pay. So the yeah. museum 
worth your, worth the, your money. And the best touch is the newspapers outside. Like that's just from all awesome. across the world and all across cool. the country. Also, a great United view States. up there on the second floor. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's, really good view. It is. Or, it's phenomenal. But yeah. see, I haven't, I haven't built up that callousness yet of like ah, twenty six dollars <laughs> for a museum. Please, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I won't pay more than a dime. <laughs> yeah. So, that's right. so I was happy to go there. It was the first time I went. And it was yeah. great. Yeah. I was totally worth it. I was so happy about that. But I, I want to hit up all the Smithsonian's, and I've done like the, like gone to the historical buildings and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. from before I yeah. moved here because I'd been to D.C. a number of times. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you guys can't tell. I enjoy food. That was yeah. my next question: Is where where are you eating? So There's well, plenty. I need I, I I just need to go on a food tour of DC at some point and just like hit up a different restaurant yeah. all the time. Um, the probably the best place I've been to so far. I haven't really had a chance to eat out much because um, mm-hmm. I I cooked at home some and uh, the best place I've been to so far is probably Philomena in Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good, Italian classic. Place. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the best okay. place I've been to so far. But I have obviously. A number of places to go. Yeah, hundred percent. And we're on the hunt for the best bagels in DC. Oh, best yeah. bagels. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. I refuse to believe that Couple Bethesda of bagels is the best bagels in DC. Bullfrog bagels. Bullfrog bagels. Bull, by Bullfrog Market. bagels is really good. And actually, you can you they have you can actually go to their bakery and mm-hmm. walk in the door oh. there. Send southeast. I mean, excuse me, northeast by Catholic University, and just get them whenever you want mm-hmm. them versus having the go out oh, timber pizza sure also has timber a sister good. restaurant that serves bagels that apparently are very good yeah. haven't been there but there's a place okay, called bagels and baguettes that it was recently opened as well i don't yeah. know where it is but look it up i've heard good things well the good thing is also this so is the longest homestand of the season so you've got yeah, some a couple time. more days yeah. well do we well, <laughs> well it's almost, it's almost like when we're almost home we're busier point. that's yeah that's right on the road i feel like i'm doing less yeah yeah you have time to go check out and explore yeah yeah well Okay, what is it like at work? Where are your offices? What is it like is working there a with David? Yeah, is there 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 are no offices? Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, we we have like no overhead. Okay, uh, the only office that we have is we're based in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and you know, like I said earlier, we have a ton of um, we have like a ton of different affiliates in a bunch of different cities, and none of them have their own offices. So, if I meet with an editor or something, it's you know we'll talk on the phone. Oh wow! Or, or we'll okay. Slack chat. Or maybe we'll go grab lunch or something like that, but that's pretty. So rare. there isn't even like a regular meeting. Hey, nope. we'll we'll meet at a WeWork and that's where we get together. Nope. Wow. There is there is nothing. We've. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we'll do that at some point. But yeah. for the most part, I'm just kind of on my own and like this is my office. Right is that here cool? I mean, is that- that's fine. I mean, honestly, when I was, it's no different from any yeah. other job I've had. Like beat writers never go into an office. Like mm-hmm. we just right. never do because. Uh, we kind of operate separately. The weird part of being a beat writer is that your your competition, it's like the only profession where your competition really feels more like the people you work with. Yeah, that's so like, right. I feel like I work with Candace and Ben and Chase, even though those guys are technically all my competition and yeah. I'm theirs. But I've only met like our, our you know, football writers Mm-hmm. Once in person, yeah, and uh, you know, I, we, I I haven't met a bunch of other people. So maybe it's going to be a holiday yeah. dinner. Some where athletic y'all could, like, DC get happy hours. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And so it's just like it's a different thing. When I was in Oklahoma, you know, I, I worked in a newspaper and I had an office and just like you know where we had our printing press and we had our offices and all that stuff. And the mm-hmm. only time I 
ever went in was to file expense reports. <laughs> People knew right. I was going to come yeah. in with just like like a Costanza-sized wallet full of receipts. <laughs> and I was going to throw it down the table and I was going to take four hours to do expense reports and that was going to be it. Yeah. And it was because I had to do it in person. And we have a system where I can do it on my phone. So there, I there would never go. go into the office even if we had them, I don't think. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the pod, learn a little bit about Fred Katz and his his insight on the Wizards and we wish you the best the rest of the season and not like it's a first time saying welcome to DC but at least welcome to be on right. off the yeah. bench. Plug yeah. your podcast yeah. too. Yes, I uh, I have a podcast of my own, Wizards After Dark post game show. I record after every game. I always have a guest. I, I say almost always. Almost had a guest. always. Uh, mm-hmm. I did one solo podcast so far. I'm 20 episodes in. It's been great. Did the same thing in Oklahoma that was Thunder After Dark and now it's Wizards After Dark yeah. keeping, keeping the same brand I'll, I'll brand. probably probably splice in some uh, some non post game podcasts into there too but for now it's been mostly post game and it's been good and you can find my work on The yeah, Athletic at The Athletic DC and you can follow me on Twitter at Fred Katz and I wouldn't advise following me on Twitter <laughs> that'll change be your ready life for a lot doors. of in game <laughs> that would be horrible the new way to follow the Wizards in game <laughs> All right, we want to thank Fred Cass for joining us on Off the Bench. For Chris Gehring and Zach Rose, and I'm Jamoke Davis. Ciao for now, WizKids. Kids.